Stone Cold look more Pantera? Yeah. And Hitman looked more like Bon Jovi? Yes. You know, yes. just to talk about hair for a second. Yes. So, I mean, like... Yeah, and you just put them face to face. It's like, you know, 1985, 1995. Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef. All right, everybody. What's up? It's one fucking hour time. This is, of course, the show where we talk about one movie for one fucking hour. Uh, I am Evan Husney, and to my left, we got Big T Tom. What's going on, Tom? You tell me, man. I'm disoriented. Marcus is looking fucking weird. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> right? Uh, that's right. Yeah, Marcus got a haircut, but here we go. We got to my right, my good friend, <laughs> Sam Roberts. Welcome to the show, Sam. How you doing, man? Welcome to one fucking hour. I'm so happy to be here. I mean, I'm 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 real excited. You know how much I like movies, and specifically, I guess the genre of movie that we're discussing tonight. So, yeah, pretty yeah. pumped. Awesome, yeah, man. great to have you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another yeah. in our uh, our our killers row of guests. Uh, good to have you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. and awesome. we of course should uh, address the obvious, Marcus. Uh, it's my fault. Marcus isn't here again, so you can send the hate mail my way. We had to record at a specific time. I got some plans happening later in the week. It was a little early, but Marcus is here with us in spirit. He sends us his prayers and uh, thoughts, and uh, he'll be on the next one when we do the next wrestling documentary, which I'm sure we will at some point. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, what are we talking about tonight? Okay, it's episode 60 of the show. Uh, it's crazy. We're doing one fucking hour on Hitman Hart uh, Wrestling with Shadows, the documentary about Bret Hart. The Montreal Screwjob, Vince McMahon, WWF, WCW. That's right. We should explain this also for the folks at home because, you know, I make documentaries about professional wrestling for television, a little show called Dark Side of the Ring. Sam, you, you're all into, I mean, you do radio, but you've been a wrestling fan your whole life. And, you know, give us a little primer on why you'd be the perfect guest for this episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, yeah, those are the two things that I like, right? It's like movies and wrestling. But yes, I work in, I'm, I'm a broadcaster. I work in radio. I do a show with Jim Norton called uh, Jim Norton and Sam Roberts. I do a bunch of stuff yeah. on my Not Sam YouTube channel. And then I have a podcast called Not Sam Wrestling and do a bunch of work with WWE and, and pop up in a lot of wrestling documentaries that evan doesn't make <laughs> that's right oh okay uh oh the is other, that a passive the aggressive side, <laughs> the other side of the ring the other dark side of the right, ring right, okay yeah, right, right. Well, you the guys will have to you, you guys will have to correct that at some point well we are right now motherfucker um that's it all right yeah. so um all right well yeah so sam this is perfect guest for this because we're, we're about to go deep into the wrestling world strap in one fucking hour usuals you're about to go into the world of wrestling and film, because we are talking about also maybe one of the greatest mm -hmm. wrestling documentaries that's been made. Um, so let's get into it. Um, all right. So I'm going to start the clock. All right. Here we go. We got one fucking hour to get into this. Tick tock, guys. Boom. All right. Before we do, though, I'm going to give the people at home just a little rundown of the movie. All right. So Hitman Heart Wrestling with Shadows is the 1998 documentary from director Paul Jay and the National Film Board of Canada. Woo, what's up? Uh, love yeah, the NFB. Yeah, for sure. Um, which gained unprecedented access to the then secretive world of professional wrestling in order uh -huh. to follow one of its biggest stars of the era, Brett Hitman Hart. Uh, the film centers on the exact time when Brett's contract with the World Wrestling Federation is up for renegotiation. And he sees a lucrative opportunity to join the competition, World Championship Wrestling, who's currently on fucking fire in the TV ratings. But, uh, of course, WWF mastermind Vince McMahon appeals to Brett's sense of loyalty and lures him back in with a 20-year with a contract. Uh, soon after, though, Vince reneges on the deal due to financial strain in the company in light of competition with his rivals. And so then Hart goes back and reconnects with WCW, which then paves the way for one of the most notorious events in wrestling history, something I'm sure we'll discuss in detail, what is known as the Montreal Screwjob. All right. So 
<laughs> Sam, you're the you're the guy. This is all like Swahili to people who are don't know any what we're yeah. talking about. Well, hopefully but, uh, in, in about an hour they'll they'll be pretty well versed. You know, they will, they will. But Sam, I, I, I'm I'm curious to know. I'm going to start with you, the guest here. Um, I, I'm curious when you first saw the movie. And which order did it happen in? Had you see these event, like did you see the events unfold in real time on TV and everything? And then you saw the movie. Take us through kind of your journey with this movie and the events in the film. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. So I was like, I've been a mega, like the biggest wrestling fan in the world forever. Uh, so well, since I've been alive, anyway. So yeah. I mean, I saw <laughs> Survivor Series '97 live on pay per view. As it happened, I was on the WWE WWF AOL like message boards and I distinctly Ooh. remember finding out like they really did leak that he was leaving and going to WCW a day or two before the pay-per-view so like right. I I remember 97 November I was probably like 14 I remember calling my friend on the home phone and going like yo Bret Hart's going to WCW after Survivor Series Sean's gonna win the title blah 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 and and seeing all that happen <laughs> and then and then watching the finish, because the thing about the Attitude Era was there's a thing called a worked shoot in wrestling. Where Break that down. A worked shoot is basically a shoot. A, a work is a storyline. Mm -hmm. So oh, the story okay. of the good guy versus the bad guy, the things that are happening between the good guy and the bad guy, that's the work. A yeah. shoot is real life. The Montreal screw job was a shoot. Oh. Red Hart didn't agree to it. It wasn't a storyline. They it, it was a shoot. Yeah. So a worked shoot is when something that is agreed to in advance is portrayed to be real life in order to uh, trick the audience. It's uh it's a fake real thing. Right. So okay. the attitude era was when they really started flirting and WCW was doing this a lot with that worked shoot thing so when this blurring the lines works, blurring yes. the lines yeah right okay. right and so when yeah. this first happens you go is this an angle did something really happen that wasn't supposed to happen what mm -hmm. and, and i mean i remember you know trying to find message boards that were talking about the inside scoops and email <laughs> newsletters and print copies of the wrestling observer that would come out at the time trying to break down how all this would happen and then mm -hmm. one day I want to say it was A&E that advertised that this documentary called Hitman Heart Wrestling oh. with Shadows was going to come out. It was the first time it had been shown in the States. And I was like, this is weird. And, of course, I turned it on because anything wrestling related I was watching. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, talk about, like, an unprecedented look behind the curtain. Like, yeah. it was even as a super fan who had seen and read everything. Yeah. Mm. It was mind blowing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. To yeah. see the stuff that you were seeing in this film. Can, can, yeah. I, can I interject just because you surprised mm. me, uh, Evan, just now when you were saying like an unprecedented, you know, peeling back the curtain moment for wrestling, because again, I have no context to any of this stuff. So <laughs> that was relatively mind blowing to get, to get such insight. Oh, not I, relatively. I mean, straight up, like just straight up okay. percent. And even okay. and, and you said secretive at the time. Yeah, I, I would say I, it, it's it was it's as secretive now. Oh, I mean, you know, we know it's a work. We know this. We know that. But like yeah, yeah. a microphone in the room as Vince McMahon <laughs> is deciding. A yeah, finish, right. Yeah. Only. Yeah. Nobody hears that. Nobody. <laughs> yeah. Hears that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we're okay. going to talk about okay. that microphone a little later, too. Uh, earmark that microphone, because there's a detail I got to okay. get into about that eventually Can later. I, you know, what? just while we're on this topic. Oh, well, Evan, just just to wrap this up slightly, just again, I'm the novice here. Yeah, is sure. uh, My gut was telling me when um, you see uh, Hitman uh, spitting in the face of Vince at the end of the Montreal right. match. My, my only point why I'm bringing this up right now is because of what you guys were saying earlier about these these fake real moments, you know, right. very interesting because I experienced even, you know, it got so big in the late 90s that, you know, they'd host like SNL, like what's his name, Triple H? Is that a person? Yes, that is <laughs> the person. It's right. the person. Right. <laughs> yeah. He runs the company. You know no. Co runs the company. But anyway, yeah. he hosted like uh, him and a bunch of his friends were like hosting SNL, and I was like, "What is going on?" So it, it bubbled up to the surface and got to me, kind of. And I noticed. I guess I was witnessing what you were talking about, and I already forgot the term. 
Work um, shoot. Work sh sh show. And so okay, all I'm saying is when I'm watching this work shoe is um, shoot. When this, what are you shoot. Talking? All right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe in an hour I'll figure this out. Oh, work, work shoe. shoe. It, okay, go I, ahead. My gut was telling me that when there was a good angle yeah. on Vince McMahon's face with spit on it, I was like, oh, well, th isn't this just like all the work yes. shoots that have so that confused me a little bit. Like this feels like um, well, we that's, all got can I, here. Well, can oh, I man. can I let me elaborate because there is a lot of like inside job QAnon conspiracy theories about the Montreal screw job. There I'm are people, surprised. there are weirdos out there who do believe this was all an elaborate scheme for. But but of course, everybody who the only person who loses in this is Brett, and so that there's no upside for Brett really for that. But yeah. I don't want to spend even time on that because there's so much to Fine. talk about. Fine. But. Um, just as, as evidence of what you're saying, um, I think the blurring of the lines between is this real, is this fake, this mm. was really the first time, correct me if I'm wrong, Sam, but like in the internet age, the dawn of the internet age, I mean, you're on message boards in 97. Yeah. This is really the, the first turning point. Maybe this is why I said then secretive is because it's really the turning point where fans started to think, oh, shit. Maybe what's happening behind the scenes is more interesting than what's happening in the ring. You know, like there's some shit going on in the back that's a better storyline than maybe what I'm watching on TV. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And I, it, well, and it wasn't just Montreal, right? It was the whole Brett Sean yes, story. Yes, because the whole leading thing. leading to this, they like got into a real fight backstage that they both yeah. got sent home for before a show aired and they're the biggest stars in the company so the internet finds out and they're like oh like we've we've seen that's when wrestling gets magic when fans start going like oh well that's we know how this works but that's different that's real yeah and mm -hmm. yeah this is definitely what they were saying about sean and brett but i did want to touch real quick on because sure for a novice watching this they probably yeah. would question well how did they get that shot of vince getting spit on so perfectly yeah and like you have to understand the way WWE works is that a lot of stuff that happens is happening in the moment. Like there, yeah. there, there have been many matches where the finish is changed halfway through the match and the referee gets bugged in his ear that we're going in a different direction. So mm -hmm. the WWE camera people, half the time, they don't know what's going on. They've got to chase uh, this improv. They're trained yeah. to yeah. catch those moments. So uh, okay. it would make sense okay. that when this moment happened, that a, a cameraman is trained to catch it and it's up to the director mm -hmm. to call on that shot or to try to avoid that no. shot. Right? No, I don't want to get like super like, you know, like head like crazy Zapruder film on you with yes. this. But isn't <laughs> isn't um isn't that shot of Vince getting spit on, isn't that from the wrestling with shadows film I crew? I think it is. I think yeah. it is. Yes. So yes. so so uh, I yeah. Which is, again, unprecedented that you would have a documentary crew right. in the locker room. Never happened before, ever. How did, how did Vincent okay that in the first place? Vince, excuse me. Uh, well, like how would, I, why would he sign? He seems like a control freak. Like, why would he not? Why would he allow access like this with the cameras? Well, I my, think. Go ahead. Go ahead, Sam. I, I have a theory behind it because I've thought my theory has always been. Like he thought it was just some public access Canadian thing, yeah. And, and this, and he wanted to make he wanted to keep Brett happy at the time he agreed to it. At the time uh, yeah. he agreed to make it, when okay. that story is starting, he's trying to convince Brett to stay. And the WWE really the the other thing that's really interesting about the timing of this movie is that we see the WWE now as this kind of media conglomerate piece, right? And this is the beginning of that. Like the, the WWE didn't have these big multimedia partners before this kind of era. So this was this was the beginning of 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 I think testing those waters. And I think that that this movie is one of the th reasons why that would never happen again. Got it. It's yeah, just it's, before exactly. like like total control of uh, the brand. Yeah. yeah, like oh, what's the worst that could yeah. happen? Well, this. <laughs> this yeah. Is, no, and well, you're right because just to give it yeah. some context, like, I mean, you know, uh, and also maybe Brett starting to reference sort of this American-Canadian kind of friction that was happening, uh, you know, that's seen in the film, uh, which was kind of amusing and interesting to me. But, like, yeah, I could see a, a big old American Vince McMahon just kind of, like, 
wanting to just swat away like this little flea of like not not even just Canadian television, but like Canadian public television. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like a hundred people are going to watch in Saskatchewan. <laughs> yeah. so it just yeah, I, yeah, I get yeah. that. It seems all yeah. small potatoes. And, yeah. and what, so maybe actually, I don't know where we're going with all this. Everything. I, I like, have plans, but what? Go ahead. Yeah, no, just maybe just one last little thing that I want to just ask about the big picture is like, what what is this exactly? This aired on Canadian television, right? That yeah. is what. That's, that's well, the, the genesis of this. Yeah, we should shout out the National Film Board of Canada. I mean, they've done a lot of amazing docs. Oh, they're legendary. Yeah. They're legendary docs, um, you know, that are, I'm, I'm guessing, financed by the by Canada and sort of put together. And as you see in the film, you know, Brett is this sort of Christ-like figure in, in Canada. You know, he is he is somebody who's very... The Maple Leaf Messiah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so only... You can have yeah. that. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Brett, you know, it's, it's so it's, I'm sure, you know, for them to make a piece about him, um, yeah. you know, uh, made, made all the sense in the world at the time. I mean, he was at the height of his powers. And I think a lot of this just was, I mean, they didn't intend for any of this to happen. They didn't know this drama was going to unfold right, with, right. you know, where he was going to wind up and how they, you know. Well, it's they, like Gimme Shelter by the, with the Rolling Stones movie. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just yeah. Making, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's something of a comparison that, you know. Something. Yeah. No one died, know. but yeah. Uh, um, yeah. But, you know, uh, so I, yeah, but what I, what I think we should talk about as the clock, I'm looking at the clock, is, okay. um, is Brett. Just, let's just talk about Brett first, yeah. you know, um, in terms of just, of just a character, because obviously something that you can tell, and I'm sure maybe even could be confusing to a lot of non-wrestling fans watching this, is like, wow, this guy is deeply emotionally invested in the stakes of professional wrestling. Now, to most wrestlers who are not Brett, they 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 look at Brett as like someone who's kind of believing in like he he, he believes the business is real to a certain extent. He takes it mm-hmm. that he's that passionate about it, you know. Because yeah. most guys just look at it as an opportunity to make money. They're carnies, and this is how we make a living, and it's all about the money. But to Brett, it's yeah. about something more. Uh, because in the film, he talks about how you know even you know this other company has offered him nine million dollars or whatever the hell, but. He even says to Vince McMahon, in light of that, like money isn't the most important thing to me. It's really about how my character yeah. is treated and portrayed, and well, you might as well kill me on that in the ring. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, uh, you know, yeah. if you're asking me to like throw the game, yeah, yeah. Or he says at one point, like they're going to rape me in the ring, which is even more extreme. He says that repeatedly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah he does. His metaphor. <laughs> Quite yeah, it, yeah, quite, quite, quite harsh. But that just kind of pictures, like you know, that just gives you the picture of how serious really yeah. Brett takes this, and and how yeah. deeply emotionally attached he is to it. So I think that's interesting. I don't know, Sam. Any thoughts on Brett as a you know as a as a wrestler and a character in this film? Yeah, I mean that. I I think that that's one of the things that the film does a good job of of portraying, and I feel like it actually gives Brett the voice to explain it because that's kind of the one of the legacies of Brett when when people kind of inside the business or the critics of Bret Hart are yeah. talking. They, they bring up that he takes himself too seriously, that he's a, he's a mark for the business to use some insider jargon or, or, yeah. or you know, however you want to phrase it. And I think that, that seeing Brett kind of very naturally explain why he takes this thing so seriously and that, that there is no, kind of cut off between the Bret Hart that lives day to day and the hitman character and that right that he takes so seriously the equity that he's put in because I mean Bret Hart's one of these rare guys that in 1987 1997 we're looking at him this is the char- same character that he started building in 1987 coming into the mm-hmm. WWE with no sort of thought of making him any kind of main event star or even a single star when he came in and 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 i feel like he takes personal ownership of that hitman character that it's not one of these things that that vince came to said this is this Mm -hmm. is what we're going to do with you it was an assigned to him exactly Uh, oh interesting yeah well i I figure that there's something involved his 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 strong feelings must be informed by his family that it's kind of a wrestling dynasty Right. Oh, well, we're going to get into and, that. And it's yeah, funny. Yeah. And Evan, you yeah. know, like uh, this is not the first time. Well, what am I trying to say? It's like you have a great episode in your uh, your dark side show about this other wrestling dynasty that I believe was a hair. The Von Erichs. <laughs> the Von Erichs. Yeah. 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 And yeah. so um, it was interesting to see that there was another one here. 
with these guys. So the um, hearts, yeah, the heart well, foundation, well, the heart, the heart family. Yeah, I think you know too. It's it's with with Brett's sincerity, you know, which is a huge part of who he is as a person. You know, mm-hmm. and this film does a very good job. There's a term, Tom. Do you know it? Where it's it's called um, hagiography, uh, uh, ha- hagiography. You know, like where you're I've kind heard of it. I've create, read it more than heard where it. you're yeah. making something like your your subject is saint like. You know, and I think yeah, yeah. this this film is guilty of that. You know, as a documentary. You know, um, but what I think is great about it is that it really treats. Why I think the movie's fun to me to watch now is it treats. The sincerity of Brett, the issues he faces with high stakes, you know, like like it's it it like it, it really treats it dramatically and like it's a big deal, you know. It's where like most, Shakespearean, yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. that's yeah. and that's it is. It, it is, and that's evidence of the choice of music that they use throughout the film, right. which is. Right. <laughs> But it is just it's his just demeanor, amazing. like just even just the way he is, he is when he talks, his face, he he doesn't yeah. feel cynical or like, you know, like he's like cashing a check. Just one other thought I had was um, yeah. just to ask you guys about like the um, uh, the point in place, like there's a snapshot of time that we're in. Oh, in, yeah. In we wrestling, should. you know, in wrestling entertainment. So maybe I'm getting this wrong. Maybe I'm getting it right. But it sounds like um, sort of the end of like uh especially the the good guys versus bad guys but especially the good guys it just got too vanilla yeah and too boring and, and this was the 90s everything's like marilyn manson and <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. know and like it yeah. wasn't like time to have like like a corny superman hero yeah and even in canada up in this because canada gets very much like the sticks and you know uh it might as well yeah. be the south in a lot of the center of canada so even for them, I guess they were they were probably the last ones to sort of feel the more cynical edge of the '90s, and so they held on to Hitman. But I guess it seems <laughs> like it. it seems like that 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 the times were a changing, yeah, and that things were harsher. And it was and to quote the film, you know, like like Vince says, man, it's all shades of gray now, man. So uh, <laughs> uh, it, 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 that is what's happening, and there maybe isn't a place for a guy who's just kind of a vanilla, kind yeah, of like, well, good boy. I mean, Sam, this is a big topic because it's, well, just for the people at home, like obviously the 90s, mid 90s, mid to late 90s is where wrestling is exploding. There are millions and millions of people watching. Every night you have two wrestling shows, WCW and WWF, that are actually airing their flagship shows on the same time, the same time slot on different networks. So as a fan, you had to choose which one. It was like the wrestling wars on cable TV, right? Mm -hmm. So wrestling couldn't have been hotter. Um, and so that's really the stakes, the backdrop for this story. If, if wrestling wasn't as successful and there weren't two competing, you know, companies who were kind of trying to overtake each other, then it, the stakes weren't, wouldn't be as high as for what's here for Brett. Mm. So that's a huge part of it. Um, but also as Brett alludes to in the film, you know, Hulk Hogan in the, in the late eighties, early nineties was sort of, you know, take your vitamins, brother, you know, say your yeah. prayers, but then I'm of course a real he gets, American. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then yeah. he gets exposed as with the steroid scandals of the early nineties. And he becomes kind of this like uh, hypocritical sort of thing. And then the whole facade of the cartoon show of wrestling sort of cracks. And then audiences okay. are hung, hungry for something edgier, as you said. Okay. And, and I do think that I don't know, because we should get into this a little bit, Sam, about the idea of Brett's contract when he does sign, when Vince signs him in this film to a 20-year deal and, and, and Brett stays loyal to Vince. Shortly thereafter, Vince breaks that deal because he says he can't afford it. But do you think that's really what it is, or do you think it's really because times are a-changing and where does Bret Hart fit into this that's what edgier, Mike telling me. edgier yeah, product? Yeah, I, I think... And this is a key, too, to why he's so protective of the character. There's a thing in wrestling called protecting your spot. Because unlike any sport, professional wrestling is completely subjective. So theoretically, anybody can be put in the main event, right? It, it, like nobody's checking to see what the stats are right. before you make it. This isn't that type of operation. So hmm. a lot of times when a wrestler does make it to the main event, He's really protective, especially in this era, of mm-hmm. that spot. Because at any point, if he gets pushed out of the main event spot, who knows if he'll ever get it back. There is a huge financial difference between the spot he's in now and the spot he was in before. He's, mm-hmm. he's A whole new world opens up to him. And, and Brett uh, and this character of Brett 
fought for a long time to be considered a main event yeah. guy. Really, I mean, he, he so he wins his first world title at the end of 1992, but isn't really WWE's top guy until 94, 95. That's when it's finally like, okay, we're there. Okay. And then by 96, they're already questioning whether or not he's going to be that guy. So when we get mm. here to 97 and, and and Brett is holding the cards at the beginning, right? It's like, okay, he is the one established guy left. Uh, mm. All of our other established talent have been going over to WCW as part of this war. The fans have this organic relationship with Bret Hart. We cannot lose this talent. This is the beginning mm. of 1997. Okay. Let's sign him to this 20-year deal so at least we know we can we take this breath and we got him, right? Yeah. And as time continues to go, Stone Cold Steve Austin starts yeah. to fall. And you see this guy who's cursing and flipping the bird and this anti-authority, <laughs> anti-hero. <laughs> what's, what's that, Eric? The attitude? The attitude, the attitude era, era, brother. And, there you go. Shawn Michaels <laughs> starts pointing at his crotch, and all this new stuff is what's really getting over. And, and Like I, with and the I South Park that. gang. The South Park fans are getting like, yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah. you know. Right, yeah. right. South Park, Jerry Springer. Yeah. Jack X is on the horizon. Tom sure. yeah. is here. Like, this is what yeah. we're into at the time. Right. Yeah. And right. I do think that it, it's like, it's not, can we afford to pay a wrestler the amount of money that we're paying Bret Hart? It, it's, can we afford to pay Bret Hart the amount of money that we're paying Bret Hart? Yeah. Because I think I get it. by the time we're in October, which is when that conversation happens, right? Where it's like, I think we're going to not do this deal. Yeah. I think the WWE already realized we're going with Stone Cold. Like yeah, by yeah. WrestleMania, Stone Cold's going to be the top guy, and if and Brad, he was like four months later, yeah, yeah, right. And, and if yeah. you know the thing is, Stone Cold, Stone Cold looked more Pantera, yeah, and Hitman looked more like Bon Jovi, yes, you know, yes. just to talk about hair for a yes. second. So <laughs> I mean, like. Yeah, and you just put them face to face. It's like you know, 1985, 1995. You know, like uh, so. That's again, as an outsider, that's what's hitting me sort of on the cultural zeitgeist. But that's going to be the cold open for the show, by the way. But I, I go think ahead. it will. Stone yeah. cold open. So yeah. the thing is, here's my observation. You know, as you guys are talking about like the the, the mechanics of it all, because like, it is a business, like you know, all show business. Mm -hmm. And so I was the whole time not having a problem with Vince's perspective necessarily. Again, I have no dog in this hunt in this fight at all. Yeah, and like I was just looking, and I was, th and, and to the point, it's like at the very end, one of Vince's last uh, statements, what he says, what we leave Vince with, he's saying kind of what I was thinking, which is his attitude is like, like you know, Hitman should have realized this is a business first and foremost. It's too bad that a 14-year relationship was destroyed because one member of that relationship forgot that we're in the sports entertainment business mm. and think you know yep. things change things come and go and you got and, and the most important thing is like where's the business going where do we where how can we get and stay profitable you know like uh, what's the bottom line and it's not about like your feelings ego heart soul you know it's just like what are you talking about so i've i was actually kind of almost siding with vince's perspective like um yeah hey, it's a cold business all show business is cold and yeah. uh, you got to leave that stuff at the at the door, man. That's just the, like the, really the wrong attitude. And so I, I don't know. I'm kind of understanding Vince's perspective. Maybe Vince was really uh, too cunning and ruthless in the way he played people. Yeah. But that just means that just means that maybe he was really damn good at what he he does. Sure. Which is you know, mm -hmm. run the show. What do you guys think? I mean, like, what's so wrong about what he his? Well, we should explain it for the audience real quick before we respond okay. to that, because <clears throat> a huge part of this film, as it as it gets into what is referred to today as the Montreal screw job, okay, it is basically where Brett now is, you know, Vince has reneged on the deal. Brett's not going to stay with WWF. He's going to go to the competitor. Vince knows this and is okay with it. It actually helps him. Uh, because Brett's contract is a financial drain on the company. So you go over to WCW and do your thing over there. And so he's leaving, but he's the world champion. He is their world champion in the storyline. 
And now Brett has kind of a little bit of leverage there because he doesn't want to agree to a storyline where it's going to see him lose the belt um, in a sort of embarrassing fashion for his character, a la losing in Canada, where everybody still cares about him because everybody in the United States hates him because he's now this anti-American gimmick that he's playing. So uh, they sort of go back and forth trying to agree to what a finish to the match is going to be until the last second. And they agree on one thing, but then what happens in the ring is a totally different thing. And they actually wind up ringing the bell, screwing him out of the title. And he is, uh, he, he loses the match, which he did not agree to up front. So they went off script as they say, uh, or as we say, uh, for that. So, um, anyway, so yeah, so, so, so your thoughts, Sam, on the decision to screw Brett. (laughs) So I, I've, would I fault Vince more on the road to getting to the screw job yeah. than I do for the screw job? I think okay. to sign a guy to a twenty-year contract and then tell him I don't think we're going to honor this contract. It's like, well, what are we doing? Like, yeah. like, agree. The, this is what, like, what? Why did? What do we have contracts for then? If we can just say, right. yeah, nah, never mind. Um, agree. Yeah. Beyond that. Right. Once we get to a place where it's like, okay, but we're going to help you get your money from WCW. Brett's getting the money from WCW. We've all agreed. This is what we're doing. Once you get there, then I think it's on Brett to say, yeah, I mean, I've got the deal with WCW. They're not going to give me less money if I lose to Sean in Montreal. It doesn't make sense. So at that point, I do think that it's, it's on Brett to say, yeah, dude, I'm I'm out. So just tell me how you want me to go out. This is your yeah. show. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Because he's going to still yeah. come out okay, fiscally, I guess you could say. But oh, it God, was hurting yeah. his it was hurting his pride. You know, yeah. it's and, and, and pride. specifically, by the way, and specifically too. And I don't I don't know, you know, if we're if we're going too far beyond the dock, but Sean in Montreal was the problem, right? I, I like it was specifically his personal problem with Shawn Michaels. I will not lose the title to Shawn Michaels okay. in Montreal. And they were like, well, you know, what do you want? This is the match. And he yeah, was like, and Shawn was becoming the guy. He was becoming yeah. the hot guy. And we should also say, too, just for the oh. record, <clears throat> that uh, it's not really clear in the documentary, but it's a little semantic thing. Maybe it doesn't matter to a non-wrestling audience. But mm-hmm. the match in Montreal was actually not his last match. He actually had a few more weeks on the contract because it was a 30-day thing. So... Brett was trying to angle like, don't don't hurt my pride and don't let me lose in Canada. I'll lose to Sean the next night, you know, in wherever fucking town they go to, which may have been in Detroit or or somewhere. And I can't remember where it was. Oh. But let me lose somewhere after right after that. I just don't want to lose, you know, in, oh. in Canada. But they also had beef in the back, you know, like as Sam was saying. Okay. Sean and Brett had real beef. Yeah. Uh, they were, you know, they they had gotten to a fight backstage. They were, they were, you know, Sean had said some things that disrespected him and said, he, you know, because obviously, if you guys, if you really hate somebody, and then you have to simulate a fight in the ring. What's to say it's not going to go off the rails and become a real fight? Right. And so Brett well, was willing to stay professional yeah. in the ring despite all this, but Sean said he wasn't. So that's well, why. Here's, he well, I gotta respect. say again, I don't know any of this stuff. I just know what I, the doc I just watched. And uh, they don't get into that, which is cool because it's kind of cleaner. You know, it's what I mean? cleaner. Yeah, it's like, yeah, like they yeah, picked yeah. they picked their battles as yes. far as the narrative, and and I, I think I think they made the right decisions. You know, yeah, totally. Um, can okay. I, if I can, because I think this is a good pivot point here at the half hour mark, uh-huh. <clears throat> is we should talk about though why you 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 sort of said this earlier about well where does this where does Brett's sincerity come from? from the family, okay? Because the family background is key here because he's a second-generation wrestler, Stu Hart, okay? Now, docs of this era are always, from the late 90s, are always good for their eccentric characters, and I think Stu Hart fits right in with a Mike Shank. Um, so I want to... We should spend a little bit on talking about Stu because, man, he is a fucking character. And I'm sure, Tom, I want to get your take on him bringing um, randos down to the basement and torturing them. What do you think? Uh, well, uh, well, uh, yeah, definitely creepy. I didn't know what I was seeing at first. Like those, the sounds, like that. There was like a recording. Yeah. Let me off. Get off me. And it was, uh, it was unnerving. It reminded me. What, what was that movie called? Fox Catcher. 
Yeah. Yes. What I'm yeah. About. <laughs> yeah. Just, so yeah. I don't want to make any, I don't want to imply anything. Yes, yes, films. yes. But of it course. felt a little fox catcher. That's maybe all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's weird. Like it, like when when Brett's talking about you know the dungeon is what it's called the the uh, where, where I guess they oh stretch people in the basement there. He talks about uh, yeah when my dad would call it getting to the top of the mountain. You know, which is when you're uh, when someone's begging and pleading for their life. You know, it's like Jesus yeah. Christ. You know, and then all these scary shots of Stu sitting in the dark that they yeah, shot too it really you know, makes that it really that lingering hold he had that one like really dopey kid in you know <laughs> um and the camera again a good choice of the filmmakers it just lived on, in that moment and just let it play out in real like, time ah! like, yeah, was... <clears throat> but yeah, yeah. Sure, like as that as he's screaming Stu's like i'm just being a teacher he's like and you see if i if i just move my arm like this yeah and the guy's just like ah! <laughs> 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 Yeah, but yeah. there's something traumatic about it, I think, because, you know, being, you know, a one kid of 12, as Brett is, which is crazy. Yeah. You know, all of his brothers, wrestlers, wow. his sisters, married Jeez. wrestlers. Yeah. And you really see the hold that re wrestling is their life, you know, and from a very Absolutely. young age, you know, his dad had him in the basement. He talks about it, stretching him in all these different places and fucking, I'm sure. Oh, of course. Can I him. actually just uh, maybe you guys could do the little expando on this yeah. one little tangent. The film only for one sentence. The film just uh, has Hart saying, um, "Hell, I wanted to get into film, you know." Lonesome <laughs> before dove, I got baby. Into, uh, before I, he's like, before I got in the family business, I wanted to be in the film. What, what was he talking about? Did he want to become a filmmaker maybe in the seventies or something? Well. I, I don't know. I I know that Brett liked he to smoke that. a lot of. I know he liked to smoke a lot of grass, and he was you know he was kind of out there growing up, and okay. uh, but 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 I, I think he did have an interest in film and stuff because he did act in an episode of Lonesome Dove. Man, if you remember that TV series, yeah. Okay. So Brett was on Lonesome Dove, and everything. Well, just so feel like maybe and, like and, is there a tragedy here? Like did he he did he not able was he not able to follow his heart? No pun, and instead follow the Heart Foundation. You know. Go ahead, Sam. Well, I was just gonna say, Brett was also in an episode of The Simpsons. Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. yeah. And we yeah, should yeah, get totally. a glimpse of. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yes just, yeah. I'm just wondering. No, that's, like, yeah, that's the that like because there wasn't when you're in a house, right? And it's like all your brothers are wrestlers, all your sisters yeah. are wrestlers. It's like it does leave you with this spot where maybe there wasn't an option. I think that's yeah. more because it's the family business, right? Especially when. <clears throat> They got a house full of wrestlers. The family business is wrestling. Where the reason the kids are wrestlers is because you got six free workers on your show. Now exactly. Promoter, right. Exactly. And then you realize that bread is the, I mean, the best. Well, a, look. Yeah. I was just yeah. going to say, like, I think most second generation, third generation wrestlers would say that they wanted to do something different or they're, you know, and then it was, this was the fallback. You know, this is the thing that, you know, you're going to get lured into by your, Especially if your dad is a promoter, which I think is key, not just being a second generation wrestler. If your right. if your dad is a promoter, really, this is a business filled with con men and thieves, right? Like who are the only people you can trust? You know, your your family, right? right? So that's why Blood. a lot of yeah. yeah, that's why you see a lot of these promoters and then they had that's kids and point. then they became the wrestlers and whatnot. And, but yeah. Yeah, please. I was just gonna say well, I think there is a lot of trauma there. You know, yeah. with Brett, you know, because you're seeing that from a very young age, he's been put, he's he's being he's being broken by this man yeah. and this whole dungeon. Yeah. He's being broken down in the dungeon, and and it, I'm sure it was traumatic because he's talking about his dad, his dad saying like, "You just got one breath left. This will be your last breath." You know, and I think it's really right, sc right. scary. And then you see that Brett. I know you want to get into this, and I saw this with my own eyes because I've been to Brett's house and we did an you know oh. an episode of the show you know about sure. Brett for Dark Side of the Ring and. And uh, I went to his house, and sure enough, the fucking electric chair was right there, brother. And <laughs> yeah, and so was so it on? It, was it? Good? <laughs> Does it just do that when it's quote unquote on? It's horrifying. It I'm still seeing it in my head. I know. <laughs> it's my hell? favorite. It's my favorite. I image want one. I know, me too. It's my favorite image from the movie because I think it says a lot about, yes. you know, like he needs to have this thing. I'm trying yes. to equate what this is like because obviously you see a scene in the movie where he's got like this Halloween store, you know, prop of a guy in an electric chair and it's crazy. We'll cut to it, I'm sure, right here. But yeah, the right, thing right. is that like it reminds me, I was trying to think of what this reminds me, but it's like a post-traumatic stress thing where it's like, 
you know in that movie like in that awesome movie rolling thunder you know where it's like you know like you know uh billy devane is like urging the guy to like tie him up again so he can experience what it's like to be a pow right. again like right. after you know being reliving in vietnam the trauma. reliving yeah. the trauma it's almost like a weird little reliving so. the trauma device that so. he has you know what i'm saying yeah, I, I and I too. I mean, and it wasn't really like I told you. I was fourteen when I watched this the first time. However old I was, so like, I was still watching it through the lens of like, oh, that's Stu. He's such a character. Like this is right. so wack. What a wacky story all this is. But as an adult, when I you know because I've seen this movie hundred fifty times. But like as right. an adult, wow. when I oh, watched yeah. it, that's when it hit me that like, when he's <clears throat> saying that he saw the headline spinning that he. Th as a kid was like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to die here. Like, this is where I die. Wow. And it's going to be at the hands of my father. Oh. Like that's the kind like, like, that's not the kind of pressure or, or feelings. I mean, you talk about trust. Who's the only people you can trust the guy who I thought was going to kill me last night. Wow. Like that's, yeah. that's some serious shit, serious trauma. Yeah. And how about this? <clears throat> how about in, obviously after Vince McMahon, masterminds the Montreal screw job, executes it, they've screwed Brett, whatever. Great moment in this the 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 lore of the story is of course Vince coming to the dressing room and then and then and then Brett knocking his ass out. You know, and off punching camera, him sadly. off 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 camera. Yes, off camera. But you know, um but but punches him. Then after that, um lays in the middle of the ring in, in the basement of his house and says that was a stew move. That was that was stew. You know, and so it's like, wow, you know, that's I don't know. You just you, you just you just you just see a lot of where he in this film, where he comes from and, and what makes him tick is is, is, is expertly up, shown. in this. Sorry. This, you know, we're yeah. talking about Stu's father and everything. And I don't know how much we can really get into this necessarily. But just he uh, he himself was saying that um, he has two father figures, you know, and, uh, his father, but also right. Vince, and that right. there's parallels. They're both promoters. And uh, I wonder if he's sort of fighting one father to fight the other, and there's some kind of like um, displaced, transgressive thing going on. What do you, you guys have any thoughts on that? Well, part of me, when when and I do feel this way, when it's a Stu move, I think yes, but I also think he was punching Stu. Like he was. Yes. He, wow. That, that hit wasn't one event. Wow. This was like this was everything. Like for this all the dads. Whole, wow. Yeah. This was this was everything. But you know. Wow. It's interesting. With wrestlers from that era and the father figure thing with Vince, because I think that that's a part that people from the outside don't necessarily get. I remember actually talking about this in the Ultimate Warrior documentary that A&E did. Right, that, right. You know, people are like, well, why is Warrior so pissed at Vince for years and years and years and years? And it's like because he didn't feel like his boss betrayed him. He feel like his father did. Yep. Wow. Why was why why did it like Brett held this like you have mm. to understand that like Brett held this as one of the great betrayals of his life not professional life right. life this right. was a defining betrayal yeah in his life and he held that yeah. for decades and it's like why did he hold it because that wasn't his boss that was that was his dad that God damn did that it, to him and and like you said like Tom like you saying like. You know, hey man, business is business. It's a cold world out there, right? But when you look at the dude like he's your dad, and he's looking at you like an employee, it's like, Ooh. Oh, it's Ooh. so dysfunctional. Yeah, yeah. But you oh. got to imagine. I mean, what is it in the way Vince acts with these people? Uh, maybe he isn't doing anything, quote unquote, right or wrong, Vince, uh, to have these people just wind up uh, having these emotional attachments to him that are dysfunctional. I guess it's maybe on them, you know. And he just. I don't know. Uh, it's probably you know, both but ways. Maybe he does. Maybe he does yeah. push some buttons in them emotionally to to help manipulating him, like a Manson. Cult. Well, I think he's well, maybe <laughs> a little. Far, but you know but I, mean. I think that there's also like a mentorish vibe, you know, as well too. Right. I think with Just a lot of yeah. these guys. I mean, yeah. you know, the 14 year history here, you know, with Brett and Vince leading up right. to this moment, you know, and you know, Brett's got to be super young and impressionable at the time he comes in, right. and I'm sure that you know Vince is. It's it's also like it's this weird thing because it's not like you're an actor in a film, you know, you are or you're not an athlete who's judged by your performance. A boardroom is deciding your fate. It's a really right. fucked up. You have to you have to put all your trust into somebody else. 
That's what I'm trying to say. You have to put all your trust into somebody else. You aren't really, I mean, yeah, you could, yeah, you're, you're either charismatic on TV or you're not for sure. There's that X factor. But at the end of the day, this guy is the God of your fictitious world that you live in. He's the ringmaster. He's pulling all the strings. He's pulling all the strings uh, and he's probably toying with your emotions He's paying you, I and he's telling so. you great stuff, and then he's he's you know you're you're the and he, he makes you he makes not you de-emphasize that you. I mean yeah you know like uh, that's the other thing I was thinking when I was watching this documentary is it's like Hitman is feeling the disloyalty from the guy who made him right so there's there's some tension there it's not like Vince just used him and didn't like he didn't get anything from the relationship with Vince right it's also a little it's also a little mafioso too you know like mm. you know a little bit I don't know uh, anyway so. <laughs> Uh, one, yeah, for sure. Uh, one, just to segue for a minute, one other, um, character I want to talk about in this movie before the time runs out. So I really want to talk about his wife, Julie, who I think is a great character in this, in this film. Pitbull. Pitbull. Yeah. yeah. This is the woman in her Canadian lumberjack shirt going, who wants some? Yeah. You know what the person you want in your corner? Yeah, totally, like totally. Around, especially at the end there when she's dressing down all those guys in the hallway. Oh, Triple H, just, you know? just, yeah. and you got to understand too the people she's dressed—that's Road Warrior Animal, that's yeah. Triple H. Like these are the monsters of the industry. Right. And yeah. Going, God is gonna cut you down. <laughs> yeah. and I'm looking at you yeah. right in the eyes when I tell you. And they're you just that. staring at the ceiling. Yeah. Oh well, man, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't My know you're incredible. That was yeah. great. And and then of course like you hear from her, uh, the same thing you hear from Stu's wife Helen. The same thing. Like I've been waiting for That's this right. wrestling thing to be over for fucking ever now. Because you know your husband's always on the road. You never see him. There's a hardship with that. And there's they this could gr- they could become crippled overnight. Yeah. There's this great you know t- I was just watching it. I was just watching Wrestling with Shadows with my girlfriend Ramy. Yeah, shout out to Ramy. He's always on the show. Um, right on. We were just watching this, and you know she doesn't give a shit about wrestling, really. And um, we're watching this, and uh, at the end, at the end, this is my favorite reaction, my favorite fucking reaction to this, is um, at the end, it gets to the part where, okay, they've screwed him, he's at home, and he's watching... What they what they do next week on oh, WWF dude, television, which is where they bring out the fucking the little person version yep. of Bret Hart right. out to you know comes out does Incredible. the Bret Hart thing, and you're just like holy yeah. shit, and then it and then it cuts bite size Hitman, Incredible. Yeah, and, then it, and then it pans over to Julie, and then Raimi's reaction was just like. She wasted her whole life for this dumbass business. <laughs> you know, like, oh snap! Okay, <laughs> you know, like, like, look at this. Like her having to watch her fucking, like she's been suffering. You know, for this like, life. and watching her man get like degraded on a global <laughs> yeah. scale. Like after you know? all that, yeah, in, in yeah. like a, like an Austin Powers level yeah. degradation. You know, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, this is what we think of you, Hitman. Yeah, like, you know. Jesus oh, Christ. They were shameless back The guy then. looked good. There was a good likeness to him, though. Yeah, like, uh, sure. He found a good um, uh, little person. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, I had to get that in there. But, yeah, Julie, amazing character in the show. Also, Sam, you'll appreciate this. We should also say one of the reasons we are doing this right now, covering it, is that there's a brand new Blu-ray remastered version of oh, yeah. this oh. movie that just came out. Put it on my, I was going to put it on my desk, and I forgot it. I have the slip cover and everything. Like, oh, okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll when the clock's it. over, when the clock's over, we'll we'll have oh, you okay. run over and get it. Um, but anyway, so there is it is it is. I, I think you can see more in the frame, or it's slightly wider. I don't know. You can see more in the frame with this version. I have heard, and someone posted a picture on Twitter that there is a picture of Julie, uh, and you can see in this version of the movie her wearing a uh, Shawn Michaels T-shirt at one point. So you're like, oh snap! <laughs> yeah, and you and you see like I mean, there's a scene in the movie where Shawn Michaels is wrestling around with Brett's kid. Yeah, that's right. Like is, that's right. It's not like it's this cut and dry, black and white rivalry. We don't like each other, and now yeah. we're gonna like. Right. Also, like Sean and Brett ran parallel journeys outside. You know, again, getting veering off from the film, but yeah, these they they ran these parallel journeys where both were brought in at the same time. Both were brought in as tag teams. Neither one were brought in to be the top guy, and both kind of mm. chased that spot. At the exact same time. Yeah, the they overlapped. Day. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Were they that's both right. Good guys. Uh, they would waver. Uh, yeah, 
Okay. Yeah, they, they would they would waver, but they, but they but they 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 followed you know a very similar path and then collided mm. at being you know the top two guys at the company that you know obviously yeah. as we know evidence of this movie. Um, okay, I got to talk about one of my favorite set pieces in the entire movie. It's right around the time when they turn. Well, this is right on right on subject. They turn Brett into a heel. He's known as a babyface nice. for the last few years. They turn him into an anti-American. Uh, guy, uh, which is, you know, kind of what, what I guess heard sort of happened organically when he would go to America, he'd be booed when he'd be in Canada, he'd be idolized. So they kind of went with mm -hmm. it a little bit and they turned him heel. And there's this great set piece in the movie that I call the heavy metal parking lot sequence. Uh, of, yeah, that's great. Not, dude, dude, I was at, I was in the parking lot. <laughs> no, I was, that I, parking yeah, lot? I was, it was SummerSlam 97 at the Meadowlands. Oh, you were there. Oh, not only was I there, but I remember. First of all, I'm wow. so glad you brought this up because that was my scene. Too. Like the guy in it, right? My favorite, maybe, maybe my favorite line of the movie is, and what a lot of people don't know is, more men read that magazine than women. Shawn Michaels, one running around in Playgirl oh. with a belly with a belly button off, uh, bringing it, and Bret don't Hart. even realize one thing. More men look at that magazine than women. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah, got yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like, wink, wink. Yeah, yeah. The pizza guy, delivery boy guy. Yeah. That guy, a year before that scene was filmed, <laughs> sat behind me in Madison Square Garden uh, in August of 1996. What? Like, I'm Holy so connected shit. to that whole scene. Holy but I remember, shit. like, going to that show and, and, and being in that parking lot as all that was happening. And, like, it's, it's also, like, it, it's so real. <laughs> like to yeah. all these adults that it's 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 fascinating like i remember right i'm a kid and i was cheering for brett because i like to cheer for the bad guys but i was i went to the show amazing my, you were there yeah with my yeah. sister's boyfriend at the time and his dad and his buddy and like we all went and my sister's boyfriend is like this italian guy and his dad's like this old school italian new york guy and uh he goes he goes, Sam, don't tell my dad who you're who you're cheering for. And his dad walks in the room just overhearing this. Who's Sam cheering for? And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, I'm like, whatever. I'm full of piss and vinegar. I'm this kid. I'm going like, yeah. I'm cheering for Bret Hart. And this grown man goes, Bret Hart. Bret Hart? The Bret Hart who said, America looks like a toilet? <laughs> I love this. But, like... To me, like watching this parking lot full of people, right? Or the woman who went to like art school for bread or whatever she said. Yeah. Dude, oh, wait a minute. I got to get that in. Graphic she design. Goes, yeah, yeah. I'm going to school for computer graphics because of Bret Hart. He taught me how to, that I had a gift to take it to my fullest extent. So now I'm going to school for computer graphics. Amazing moment. Bret Hart, yeah. Hold on. I want to see about, your stuff. Dude, me too. Totally. 100%. Right, I want right. to see that portfolio ASAP. But okay, yep. it's amazing in the, in this scene, the heavy metal parking lot sequence where it's just so crazy. It's like otherworldly. You have this like these like marimbas like band going, yep. you know, what? which is where are we? The hottest party of the summer. Okay, <laughs> like where are we? And then um but it's totally. it's really it's 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 amazing to see this like cross cut with like Bret Hart like talking about gun control and healthcare. Canada is a country where we still take care of the sick and the old, where we still have healthcare. We got gun control. We don't shoot each other and kill each other on every street corner. You know, know like I in his know. speeches. And it's We're like nicer oh up there. Yeah, yeah we I don't know. shoot everybody every day. You How know? about the like, dumb guy with the Canadian flag, though? Dude, that's my favorite. No, the guy yeah. with the Canadian flag who he actually says. A, uh, he could barely form like a thought. I know. And he goes. His rationalization for being he goes, contrarian. He goes, yeah, he, he goes, maybe Canada does suck. Maybe, maybe Canada does suck. Or, you know. It's just, it's not right, you know. <laughs> That's my favorite. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I'm wearing the flag today. Yeah, yeah. But Love you can, yeah, because like it's so interesting to me. It's such like a great display of of what wrestling fans are and what wrestling is. Because, mm -hmm. and I think what what non wrestling fans have such trouble with, like, don't why they just don't understand professional wrestling is because, like, these are adults, and even in 1997, every single adult that was on camera is aware that like they're not being tricked they don't think that they're going yeah, to an athletic yeah. competition like they're totally. all aware that these are storylines they're all yeah. aware that the results are predetermined they're all aware but pro wrestling is is the only genre where adults 
allow themselves so much suspension of disbelief that they just enter into this other dimension. Yeah. And they get into this parking lot and it's not like <laughs> yeah. we're doing that for the camera. They're having those same conversations yeah. with each other, talking about these characters as if they're real people and, and, yeah. and we're and on the same journey. And it's mm -hmm. like, it's, it's, I love it. I, 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 I love that, 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 that level that wrestling yeah. fans will take it to that, that nobody else will. Yeah. And it's, 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 it got personal, you know, when, when, when you have Brett saying that stuff on TV about Americans, you know, how Americans get, especially at that time, you know, and it's, it's, it's just amazing, you know, to see that. Um, but it is also semi triggering too, because it's like one degree away sometimes from like lock her up, you know, and stuff like that. But anyway, <laughs> um, and let's go. Oh, Brandon. Yeah. Well, well, the USA yeah. chant is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the perennial, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, chant, you know, <laughs> yeah. right in, in the film. And I yeah. love but I just all, love but that they, scene. But I think, but I think like, he, like, you know, Sam's saying, it's like, every, they all know what's going on. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, all, yeah, Even yeah, when yeah. they're chanting USA, USA, it's just like, it's fun. It's it's fun. It's a game. You know, it's yeah. not like they really want to like, you know, take any action against Canada or anything like that. No, 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 or, no, Like no, storm no. the embassy, you know. Well, I don't know. <laughs> um, These days, I don't know. Yeah, right. I don't know. Um, but okay, let's get. Can I bring up my thing? Like, bring up we, your thing and then. Minutes. Bring up your thing, and then I want to just close it out with my weird, bizarre connection to the events of the Montreal Screw Job. Go ahead. Great. Yeah. No. Just real briefly, like here's me. I'm watching the film the first time, and uh, someone pops up, and I immediately go, "Oh my God, yes, more!" And it's Gold ah. Dust. Okay? Yeah. So I, I only know Gold Dust because he he broke through in the late '90s, like I was saying before. And I remember him on Conan O'Brien's show. And uh, I was like, what in the hell is going on? Seriously, because like there's the, the high concept of like a sort of gay wrestler. OK, but the way he behaved was really like so special. It wasn't just the concept, but he's very weird and interesting to just watch his performances, his behavior. So maybe if you guys have some insight. Yeah, and, I mean, I, I just I, missed him. I missed him immediately because he was in the film so briefly. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Goldust to me is like one of the most underrated and important characters literally in the history of professional wrestling like yeah. you have to understand that this is 1995 when this character mm. shows up like we are yeah. very just kind of uh, 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 recently removed from hulkamania train say your prayers eat your vitamins mm, mm. and all of a sudden this sort of gender bending pushing the homophobic buttons character shows up and he's got his tongue out and he's feeling his body he's zipping down his suit and he's got <laughs> his opponent's name in a heart tattooed on his chest and he's like trying to give mouth to mouth to them and he's threatening <laughs> the audience that they don't stop booing him and like and and but it had never like you we'd seen gorgeous george and we, we we'd seen mm -hmm. adorable adrian adonis and we'd seen stuff that kind of flirted with the idea That's true but Goldust. Took it to another level. So yeah. far yeah. to the other level that it was it was literally I was obsessed with him yeah. as a kid. Because it yeah. went it like there had never been anything no, it's fascinating. remotely like can, it. Can I ask you guys though, just because in the film it's very brief and there's yeah. kind of a you know, there's a guy mocking him somewhat in, in, in another kind of parking lot scene. And uh, the only thing I caught in the film is they're just sort of a side mention of of Goldust. Like that guy. You know, he's nothing like that in real life. I mean, he's, you know, like a guy from Oklahoma or something, like, a, you know, like yeah, a, an oil true. worker. Do we have any backstory in him? Just oh, yeah. Too. I mean, again, second generation wrestler. His dad was uh, uh, the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. You know, I mean, his dad was one oh, of the top I know him. wrestlers of the, you know, pre WWF territory era. I mean, he's Got one it. of the legends of wrestling. But there, you know, he, yeah, I mean, he is very different from the character, but he had a very bizarre commitment to that character shall we say sam where he at one point was flirting with the idea of actually getting breast implants for yeah, his I mean, character this is, this is the level again you want to protect your spot and it's like <laughs> yeah so, so so goldust was super and i mean when i say i was obsessed with goldust for halloween 1996 oh pictures my mother sewed like from hand we found gold fabric and she made Holy me a gold shit. dust jumpsuit and a robe. I painted Dude. my face. I got the hair like I dressed as gold dust for Halloween. Okay, 
photographs? Yeah, I've Do got we have photographs. Them? I'll send them to you. Yeah, Thank I'll you. send them to you if you want for the show. Oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, Please. Evan has been here. Yeah. I have a, a ring worn gold dust jumpsuit mm. right over there, like in the wow. In the my, my, my wife okay. gave it to me as, as a wedding present. Like, this is the That's level beautiful. of gold dust, man. Holy <laughs> shit. I you know, Evan, all I can say is somebody should make a doc about this guy. I know. I know. Just you're really, I don't you're know. really convincing me for sure maybe we <laughs> all should right. All right. um so but no fascinating so, so yeah. as the attitude era gets uh mm -hmm. like more and more edge to it goldust becomes less and less edgy so there was a point right. where really? justin apparently pitched to wrestle yeah. to get real breast implants and wrestle that way so that he could kind of up the ante in his edginess but they they turned him down yeah yeah okay. yeah <laughs> unreal 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 yeah goldust definitely one of the one of the best characters of that era for show. All right, I'll, I'll I'll be brief just because like you know this is a weird connection that I have to the screw job. So we're making Dark Side of the Ring. We're 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 filming interviews. We're doing stuff. We're actually up in Montreal shooting some interviews for a totally different story, different unrelated thing. And um, we're there setting up the cameras and everything. And then uh, back then we used to hire sound people who were um like you know doing like you know boom mic stuff locally and wherever we were shooting we just get you know reach out and find out whoever was there and we and this guy shows up uh for our shoot local sound person shows up starts setting up and he's and i was like uh, did they brief you on what we're doing today and he's like no 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 and we're like well we're doing this documentary about you know wrestling about you know professional wrestling i'm trying to explain the whole thing and he's yeah. like, oh, I, I worked on a wrestling documentary once. I'm like, really? What, 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 what was that? And he goes, uh, wrestling with shadows, you know, or whatever. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. What? And, and, then, he, and then he started to tell me he had, was only on set for the screw job. He was only no there way. for the stuff they were filming in the screw job. And I'm like, this is fucking crazy, man. So keep going. And he had never seen the movie. And we were filming with, he had never even watched it. And, I, and, I, and we were filming with him for a couple Jesus. days. I said, you go oh. home and you watch that fucking movie right. tonight and come back because we're going to interview right. your ass for the episode on the Montreal screw job, which we did. Um, yeah. Anyway, we find out that when he comes back, He's the motherfucker that put the mic on Brett uh, for when oh. he went in to meet with Vince. Wow. And so I'm just like, wow. holy shit, dude. And he had no clue that like how significant that yeah. was in the landscape of everything, you know? And it's like, holy shit, this rando dude. I, how random is that? Like, how fucking That's crazy insane. is that? It's random. So we did a little. It's not even like there was a wrestling connection. It was like sound guy connection. A Montreal sound guy connection. Yeah. 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 yeah of all yeah. things. Of all things. So so what happened is is that uh, basically we wound up we did an episode about the Montreal screw job for the show and we interviewed him. So there's like a Great. fifteen second part where he's like, Yeah, we put the microphone on Brett and we had to keep a very low profile. <laughs> you know, and so like he's in there saying that. Beautiful. But I just Beautiful. love that because that's just part of the whole Ocean's Eleven, you know, whatever inside right, right. deal of this whole Thing. So yeah, just a weird little connection that I had of like, oh my god, we found the sound guy, <laughs> you know, who That's wired great. him, you know. Yeah. So, so we've got like, yeah, we've got like seconds to go. Uh, yeah. Just, I just want to like throw out. Uh, there was a really impactful moment of the breaking the ribs and the sternum. Yeah. It was very intense. Yeah. And we don't have any really time to discuss it, but just like I really felt that because yeah. you know the, his opponent didn't really know and he kept hitting on him. But Dino also, Bravo. You know, <laughs> yeah. Hitman is not stopping, but he's like you know, broken in half, and that yeah. really killed me. And that was a very intense moment of like wrestling. Super real. Also, also, it gives you like like lets you know the, what the character, how seriously Brett took the character in right. the sense that he wouldn't take the pinfall loss. I noticed to, yes. to Dino Bravo, which is so funny. Yeah. But also, but also it 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 goes it's it's used perfectly in the movie, especially to you know a non super fan. Because it really shows you what they go through and what the stakes exactly. are. It's it's not right. always just a bunch of phony bullshit. It's like right. there are real stakes to it. And these and this that that line that Brett says, like this is you know we break our bodies for this guy.
guy. We go for right. Vince. You know, we do all this stuff for him. Mm-hmm. We, you know, and, and then and then we wind up, you know, just being discarded and thrown away and, you know, with nothing. And, you know, and you can tell that that's on his mind. He's seen it so many times coming from where he comes from. And he's very I've conscious seen it of that. on your show, Evan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, but exactly. Over and over. Oh, boy. But, yeah, but, I mean, you know, the, 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 I think that's a very key scene because it does. Yeah. It, it does show the gravity, literally, the of, yeah. uh, and the commitment, yeah, of, of, of everything. So, um, oh, my God, 10 seconds. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, ding, yeah, ding, this ding. movie, fucking great. Love it. Awesome. Look into cool. wrestling. The best. Nope. The You'll best. never see anything like it before it. So, all right. Boom. All right, everybody. <laughs> that was... Uh, That's a wrap. Whew, one fucking hour on uh, Wrestling with Shadows. Uh the uh, and that's wonderful... uh, easily seeable on Tubi. Uh, yes, for 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 guys, you know, guys and gals who are watching right now, um, you can check it on Tubi. And I got to say, I was watching it on Tubi, and it ends. And their rec- their first recommended thing was Dark Side of the Ring. Oh, good. So, at least the go. algorithm. <laughs> at least the algorithm fucking works over there. Yeah, you guys um, are like like totally you know simpatico there with the with the, oh. this uh, film. So I'm not surprised that you you picked it. You know. Oh, All awesome. Right, well. Uh, Sam, do you want to, do you want to, I don't know if you, are, are you near that Blu-ray? Uh, it's not worth grabbing, but because I think it's upstairs, but okay, forget uh, that. Forget it. I got it. I don't know if they still have it in stock. Vinegar syndrome was distributing it here. Oh, shit. yep. Yep. Yeah. And so like, uh, I know that the slip covers are out. sold out. Already. They sold out kind of instantly. Uh, I, you might be able to grab the Blu-ray though. There's a ton of like, yeah, you bonus can the, like Breton. Dave Meltzer do like a commentary <laughs> over the thing, which Love by it. the way, shout out to Dave Meltzer. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in it. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, you can easily find the movie digitally or or whatnot. But if you want the kind of full experience and the Blu-ray of it all, uh, it exists now for the yeah. And it looks it looks killer too. It really does. Yeah. It looks it, it really looks, looks great. Good. And, it and really you're seeing good. a lot of bonus stuff. There's commentary and tons. Yeah. Yep, yep. Takes yep. some shit. It's interesting. Like I interviewed Brett uh, a little while back, and I asked him about the movie. And from my perspective, I was like, "Oh, I bet Brett is really glad that it exists as a time capsule, so people can know what was really going on." But Brett was pointing out that he really liked it because it's so well done. Yeah, like that. That was Brett's first kind of takeaway from it was that Brett loved that it was actually a good yeah. documentary, a well Man. shot, well produced, well told. See, that's that's the heart of a filmmaker talking, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, God. There's Brett, our thesis right there. A Bret Hart joint. Yeah. Um, right, right. So, um, all, right. all right. Well, Tom, we didn't even talk about next week. We didn't. You know what? We'll surprise everybody and just. Okay. To, uh, yeah, we're going to surprise everybody with what next week is. But, Sam, man, thank you so much for coming on the show yeah. and Thanks doing this with me. us. Great. Yeah. And, and, Great and, to have and, you, man. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're open, we'd love to do uh, Beyond the Mat with you at some point as well, too. I'm uh, yeah, I'm open. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Right, yes. <laughs> that one I've seen before. I saw when it came out. Man, it's mankind. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. this kid. Never mind. You know. Anytime yeah. I'm not at a show, I try to get somebody to ask me why aren't you at the show, so I could tell them. Well, I'm not booked for one thing. Yeah, I'm not booked, Terry. Yeah, yeah. I'm not well, booked. Well, uh, I'm not booked. I'm not booked. R.I.P. to that guy too, man. Oh my God, Dennis Stamp. Dennis Stamp. We'll have to get into hardcore Dennis Stamp when we have you back on the show. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. But Sam, we can't leave you and the folks at home uh, without your moment of zen. Okay, everybody. Have a good rest yeah. of your week, and uh, we will see you next week with something. We'll figure out what it is. All right. Take care. Bye, everybody. We'll Bye, everybody. So. Goldust, how are you? Is that an extra microphone in your pants, or are you just happy to see me? It's, uh, it's actually a microphone. Now, is it, uh, don't do that. Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef.
that was wicked, man.